Hey you guys, welcome back. So today we are going to be talking about binge eating and how to overcome it, how to stop and break the cycle, and really just to give yourself grace during this journey. I have a special guest, Lorna Costa, who is a binge eating coach and the founder of the Ditch Decade Diets Academy. Me and her have such a similar story. She went through an entire decade obsessing over calories, over-exercising, hating her body, and just feeling out of control when it comes to food. But she is now two years binge-free, and she is helping her clients break the cycle as well. And me and her just talk about, um, you know, the difference between binge eating and overeating and the different phases of binge eating and also how to overcome and really break past these chains of binge eating that we feel like just really hold us captive. So I hope this is an informative and helpful episode for you guys. So let's dive in. Hey you guys, welcome to the Empowered Podcast hosted by your girl, Miranda Lee. I hope you're ready to get confident, throw away the all or nothing mindset, fully surrender to God, and strive to be 1% better every day. Don't forget, you are enough, you are worthy, and you are loved. Alrighty, let's get this party started. All right, hello Lorna, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, Miranda, thank you so much for having me, I'm super excited. Yeah, so I can't wait to, you know, dive into the topic of you know, binge eating and all that stuff. But before we do, can you introduce yourself, tell my audience who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Lorna and I am a binge eating coach. So I really focus on helping women to improve their relationship with food using brain-based techniques to rewire and reprogram our brains that we don't feel that impulse to binge. I started off as a personal trainer and a health coach. And I realized that there were so many more people that had a poor relationship with food, including myself, that we really needed to tackle what was actually going on in our, in our mind, uh, the way that we view food. And, um, that's really, kind of what drew me to this work was I struggled with my relationship with food. And I realized a lot of people struggled with their relationship with food as well, too. So this is my passion. This is my, my, my heart and soul goes into this work. And I just love seeing women being able to, you know, enjoy their favorite foods without guilt and going out to restaurants without anxiety. And that's really what lights me up. That's awesome. I love that. You and I have have so much in common because that's like literally exactly, you know, what I do as well, because I think diet culture has really just, you know, taken, taken its toll on all of us. And I don't even think people realize what is normal, like what is quote unquote normal or what's supposed to be normal because everyone else's normal is so disordered, I believe with, with eating habits and stuff. So what has your history been, um, you know, with your relationship with food? Did you struggle with binge eating disorder? How did, how did you get through it? What's been your story? 
Yeah, for sure. So I actually grew up as a dancer and, you know, (laughs) being surrounded by, you know, other people who were very, I guess you can say like, you know, body image focus, you know, wearing these tight little costumes, you wanted to look really good. You wanted to be front and center. And my, you know, my dance teachers were very hard on us as well too. And, you know, I didn't really think that much of my body growing up until one of the dancers actually called me fat. And at the age of 12, my dieting history began and I was so desperate to not be fat that I, you know, took out certain foods out of my diet. I tried macro tracking and then I tried keto and intermittent fasting. And I was a very motivated person, but for the life of me, I can never stick with a diet. It's like, I would do well for a short period of time. And then if I ate something that I deemed as, you know, quote unquote off limits or bad, that would send me into this binge. And at the time I didn't know I was a binge eater, um, until, you know, it took me about 10 years to realize like, Hey, this is, you know, this is binge eating, but, um, I just, felt completely out of control with food. I was thinking about food all the time. I would always eat in secret. I would hide food. Um, and I was just obsessed with calories and the way that my body looked. And I realized that no amount of dieting was going to help me to repair my relationship with food. No amount of dieting was going to teach me how to love and appreciate and accept my body for what it does, not for what it looks like. So I reached out for support. I did not know how to stop my binge eating on my own, despite how smart I was, despite, you know, being a personal trainer and feeling like an imposter. Um, I reached out to somebody who conquered binge eating and I surrendered and I got support. And once I learned these powerful tools, I had to share it with the world. So then I went on and got certified as a binge eating coach. And I've been binge free for the past two years. And it's just been incredible to see how much my life has changed, but also my clients' lives and no longer just feeling that urge, that impulse to binge when we do the the brain rewiring techniques. That's awesome. I mean, it's unfortunately, it's so true, especially with, you know, women's sports that I, I feel like that's why women have such a higher rate of eating disorders. Like we just we have these crazy expectations to live up to that literally have nothing to do with the sport or the performance at all. And yeah, it can, it can lead to eating disorders. And you made a good point that for you and for me as well, we, we went such a long time without even realizing that we had binge eating disorder. Um, Probably, you know, a lot of it has to do with, you know, the shame aspect and and hiding it. Um, So I've touched on this, um, lightly in some other, in some other podcast episodes I've done, but can you, um, just kind of give, um, a quick explanation between the difference between overeating and binge eating, because I don't know about you, but when people are like, oh my gosh, I just binge eat. I was like, I don't think you did. I don't think you understand what that actually means. And knowing the difference for your recovery is also, also really important. So can you go over that? Yeah, absolutely. So, I look at overeating as something that every single person does. 
whether it's at a birthday party, it's at an event, it's, you know, a social event, or you're going out for dinner and, you know, there's this delicious meal that you normally don't make, you probably will eat a little bit past fullness and, you know, overdo it a little bit, so to speak, where maybe you have to unbutton your pants or you come home and you're like, okay, wow, that was a lot of food, but it doesn't consume so much space in your mind. It doesn't create this intense amount of guilt and shame and anxiety. It's like, okay, I ate way past fullness and I'm feeling pretty full right now. And then it kind of just ends there with binge eating. Binge eating is this all consuming thing. You feel completely out of control. It feels like this out of body experience where intellectually, you can know you're full, but your mind's like, keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. And it feels like you have to listen to that, that voice. And typically it's done in secret. Typically it's done when you're home alone, your partner goes to bed, your partner's showering. There's so much judgment. And we talked about the shame piece. There's so much judgment. I don't want people to know how much I'm eating or what I'm eating. So I'm going to do it alone. I'm going to do it in secret and binge eating compared to overeating. Isn't necessarily so much about the quantity and how much you're eating, but more specifically the feeling that you get when you're binge eating. So it's like blacking out. It's like entering a different world. It's like, it's like I said, this just out of body experience where it doesn't even feel like you. And it feels almost like you have this itch, like this itchy mosquito bite, this uncomfortable sensation that's like driving you to eat, even if you're full, even if you've just eaten, it feels like you have to give in. And, um, you know, the guilt, the shame, it can last for weeks. It can last um, a really long time. You're constantly thinking about food. It's just truly this all-consuming piece. Yeah, that it's so important to know the difference because um, a lot of us overeat. I mean, everyone's overeat, overeaten sometime in their life, and, you know, and, and it's normal if, you know, like you said, you're going out to celebrate something and really the difference is um, kind of the motivation behind why you're doing it. Because if you overeat, it's normally because you're enjoying the food and, you know, it's, it's like you're just kind of ignoring you know, your, your hunger levels that like, Oh, I'm actually full. I'm satisfied. I eat a little bit more where, like you said, it's binge eating. It really isn't an out of body experience. That's, that's what I experienced as well. And it's like, you know, that you are so uncomfortable and full, but you have like kind of this last supper mentality of this is going to be my last time binging. I promise. I don't know how many times I would tell myself that, like, I swore this was going to be my last binge. So I might as well make it a good one and go all out. And then it just leads to, you know, the binge restrict cycle that is just, is just ongoing. It's, it's really hard. Yeah. And I think it's important to mention too, that both overeating and binge eating is part of the recovery journey. And a lot of the times it's like, you know, maybe you're starting off binge eating and completely feeling out of control with food. But then once we really work on like the mental aspect, you might still be overeating, but that's just because we still have to get back in tune with our hunger and fullness cues. And there's so much that we still have to work on, but it's part of 
the process, <laughs> which I know a lot of people kind of maybe not want to hear, but it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot that we have to work through. And especially if we've struggled for, you know, many, many years that overeating and binge eating is really just part of the process as well too. Yeah. And it's, I think the reason why we, we kind of get frustrated during the, you know, recovery process is diets are always, um, always promising like instant gratification. So with, you know, binge eating recovery, it's really, it's really celebrating those wins of, wow, I used to binge every single day to, I only binge three times this week. Like that's a win. I think the diet mentality is kind of like, okay, I'm going to start recovering from binge eating. I, I hope I just never binge again. And mm-hmm. that's not part of the recovery. So what have been some tools that, that you use with your clients, um, just in the beginning, you know, some first steps to help them with their binge eating recovery. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's so many different things. I think, you know, you obviously touched on, you know, celebrating and I'm huge in celebrating your wins because I'm a firm believer in the more that you celebrate your wins, the more that you're training your brain to say like, Hey, this is the direction that I want to go in me, not binging. I'm going to jump up and down and that's going to signal to the brain. Like this is my new norm. Like this is what I'm, I'm striving towards. Um, I think another thing as well, too, is one of the biggest pieces in breaking free from binge eating is understanding how our brain works. And our brain is always moving in the direction of pleasure and away from pain. And if we can start linking recovery and feeling free with food, with pleasure and giving into the impulse and continuing to, to binge with pain that can really help us to kind of remember like deep down why we truly want to heal, because there can be a lot of people who hate binge eating, but also kind of like it at the same time. And it's like, I don't know if I want to give it up, but we have to remember that that short tiny burst of comfort of giving into the impulse and feeling, you know, a short burst of relief or comfort is never as, you know, satisfying or pleasurable as, you know, feeling a short burst of discomfort, not giving in and experience that long-term freedom, happiness, and fulfillment. So it's really about that mindset. And I think another thing as well, too, I mean, there's, there's so many things, but something that really helped me was satisfaction. And I'm talking about like really ensuring that all of your meals are super satisfying, getting weird with your food combinations. I was just saying the other day, I said, I would not feel satisfied with just eating like a bowl of pasta or like a bowl of rice. Like I need a little bit of sweet, a little bit of salty, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And previously you know, my mind would have been like, you can't be eating chocolate with your lunch or you can't have, you know, cheese or you can't have olives or you can't have this or you can't have that. And you start judging your food choices when really, if you just give yourself what you want and you make all of your meals satisfying, the desire to keep on eating after your meal is going to dissipate. It's going to go away because you're giving your body what you want versus 
well, I should be eating a salad or let me just eat this healthy substitute because it's the healthier option, not feeling satisfied, and then going and eating the thing that you actually really wanted in the first place. So, I mean, there's so many, you know, tips and strategies, but I think satisfaction is such an important critical step in stopping your binge eating. Yeah, I agree. That's so true. I feel like a lot of the times people are so focused on what they should take out of their diet or what they should take out of their life instead of, okay, what are some other things I can add in? And I feel like that is so important in, you know, the binge eating recovery and just going through that in that process, because diet culture, like I said before, just teaches us to take things out, you know, don't eat this, don't eat that. And the only way to really recover is to allow yourself to say yes and to not have that all or nothing mentality. So with with you and your coaching, I know that um, you talk about there's these four phases of binge eating. So can you share with my audience what those four phases are? Yes, absolutely. So the first phase of the diet binge cycle is restriction, right? So this is where we have the rules. This is where we see food as, you know, good versus bad. Maybe you are telling yourself you can't eat past 7 PM, or, you know, you can only eat one small piece of chocolate over the weekend. So we have these rules. That's the first phase, the restriction phase. The second phase is when we feel this pressure build this pressure being built up in our body. When we're feeling deprived, we're feeling restricted. We start thinking about all of the foods that we've taken out of our diets. We start thinking about all of the foods that we've deemed as bad or off limits, and we start to crave them even more. So it creates this, like this internal pressure of, Oh my God, I got to stick to my diet. I got to be strong. I got to use willpower. I got to use motivation to, you know, not give in and just stay strong and stick to this diet plan. The third phase, when you feel too deprived and you feel too restricted, and you're thinking about all those off-limit foods, what ends up happening is it becomes too, the, the pressure becomes too strong where we say, screw it. We say, I can't handle this anymore. I'm just going to allow myself, you know, one small piece of chocolate, or I'm just going to allow myself, you know, one thing. And that's it. I'm going to get back on track. But because the pressure is so strong, we, we release that pressure and we feel out of control. We eat something sweet and that, that turns into eating the whole box of cookies. We, we overeat, we binge, we feel completely out of control with food because we've just been deprived for so long. Now that release and pressure comes with the force fourth phase, which is the fear. Holy shit. I've just binged. Holy crap. I've just overeaten. I am going to lose even more control. I'm going to gain even more weight and we feel fear. So what ends up happening after the fear phase, which is the fourth phase, we're become desperate. We're like, oh, I can't keep going on like this. 
what's the diet that I can go on or what new set of rules can I go? Can I create for myself or starting on Monday? This is the plan that I'm going to create for myself. So then we go back to the very first phase, which is the restriction. So to kind of summarize, the first one is restriction. The second one is the built up pressure. The third one is the pressure being released. And the fourth is the fear phase. And the more times that we repeat this cycle, the more that this becomes ingrained into our brain to the point where it feels on autopilot. It feels like it's just part of our day. You know, we eat something bad. We eat something that we deem as off limits. It sends us into that binge. We feel the fear and we go back onto our diet. I love how you broke it down into these four phases instead of just, you know, the typical like restrict and then binge. Um, And I kind of with listening to these four phases that you just shared, I kind of think of it as like this domino effect that, you know, once you push down that first domino of restriction, then it just, it just keeps going. And the reason why I compare it to a domino effect is I think a lot of people think that, okay, well, I can still do the restricting portion and stuff. And what I need to fix is the binging aspect, but that's not where it all starts. It all starts with the restricting. And I think that's the first step, you know, everyone who struggles, struggling with binge eating disorder, or even with just disordered eating in general, they need to stop restricting and that will stop the rest or the rest of the dominoes from falling into place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And, you know, restriction is such a huge part. It's like, we tell ourselves the foods that we tell ourselves we can't have, we always want them even more. And what ends up happening is like, we put these foods on a pedestal and it's like, we, we treat it as like, these foods are so magical, you know, like these foods are like on this big high pedestal, but really when we just allow ourselves to eat these foods, the, the, the magical lore of these foods begins to dissipate. It begins to go away. And I've had so many clients be like the foods that I used to binge on, like, I don't even like them anymore. Or I realize like, they're actually not that good because the, the, you know, the magical feeling just begins to, to go away. And I think that's probably one of the best feelings is when you, when your trigger food is like, has no control over you anymore. I'm curious, what were some of your trigger foods? Oh my gosh. Right off the bat protein bars, because in my head, I'm like, well, it's a healthier option, but I would literally binge on like, I don't know if this is going to be triggering for somebody, but like so many protein bars, I won't say how many, but like so many, um, nuts. Oh my gosh. Cashews. Oh my gosh. I can eat like the entire like box. Like I would just go crazy with nuts. Um, and then ironically it was, um, chocolate chip pancakes because I was in also like the bodybuilding world and I would have like a cheat day every single day. And that was my cheat meal. Like it's not even a cheat meal, but, and you know, I've, I've considered that as like being bad and, you know, there was chocolate in it in my mind. I'm like, that's bad. So I would like have that as like such a big trigger food for me. So those are kind of like my top, my top three trigger foods. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I like that, that you bring that, that bring that up, like protein bars and nuts and stuff, because I feel like a lot of people think that like with binge eating, it's like, you're just sitting in the kitchen eating all this unhealthy food. And that's not it. Like I remember the foods I would binge on as well. I know peanut butter was one of the top ones. I could not have peanut butter in my house. And it's just so amazing that I can have a jar of peanut butter and just like, forget about it. And another one was like cereal not sugary cereal, like literally just like plain Cheerios. And it was just, it was a game over. And it's, it's so amazing when you can have those things in your cabinet or in your fridge or wherever and not let it take control of you. Um, and then, yeah, of course, there's the things that you deem bad that you will, you will binge and overeat on. So, so what is your advice for, let's say these people have these trigger foods, um, and they want to start healing that relationship and want to start their recovery, um, of binge eating. Do you suggest taking those foods out of, out of their house? Do you suggest keeping it in? What are your recommendations? Yes. This is so, it's so interesting because I speak to so many people and they're like, I just try to keep all of my trigger foods in the house. I'm like, well, how is that going for you? And they're like, well, I'll go and pick them up or I'll, you know, the next week later, I'll bring them in my house and I'll lose control. So, you know, for me, I'm, I'm not a firm believer or I am firm believer in not keeping them out of the house because that doesn't get to the root. That doesn't actually fix why we're, you know, feeling out of control with food. And we're never going to be able to make peace with these trigger foods if we just keep on pushing them, pushing them away. So what I recommend to my clients is making a list of, let's just say your top five trigger foods and rank them from least triggering to most triggering. And I think the misconception with trigger foods is like, I need to keep all of my trigger foods in the house. Well, that might not be a good idea because yeah, you might like feel this urge to want to eat them all again, that last supper mentality. But if you make that list and you start introducing the least triggering food into your diet, then just one, right. It's like, we can start building up that self-trust to tell ourselves like, Hey, I could keep this food in the house and you probably will overeat. You probably will even binge eat the first few times that you have those trigger foods in the house. But that is what scares people away. That's what tells people, see, I can't trust myself, but of course you haven't had them for so long. So you got to just know that that is part of the process. And once you get rid of that messy phase, so to speak, and the food gets taken off that pedestal, then you can move on to the next, um, you know, trigger food, the next one, the next one. And again, you're going to start to build that self-trust where it doesn't matter what the trigger food is, you can keep it in the house and forget that it's there and just not even have that desire to binge on them. It can just be so upsetting when you think, oh, I'm never going to binge again if I leave this in my house. And then you do. And I just, people need to realize that that's part of the process. Like, yes, you might overeat, you might even binge on it, but 
it's just the process of taking the power away from that food. I remember one of the things I used to do um, during um, like the beginning stages of my recovery is like, let's say, for example, I had, you know, my jar of peanut butter that I kept in the house and I found myself overeating leading up to a binge um, with that peanut butter. The old mentality I would have is like, I've already eaten so much. I might as well just finish it. But I used to do something where it's like, you know what, even if I leave like a little bit, like if I leave like a little spoonful, a tablespoon, and I close it and put it back in the fridge and put it back in the cabinet, it's like, that's a win I could celebrate. I didn't technically eat the whole thing. And yes, I ate 99% of it. So, (laughs) but mentally, like that is such a great win. And that's something like I, I really like to start with like, even like a bag of chips, even now, if I notice I'm like kind of eating a little too much, I'll just be like, it's okay to leave like five chips in the bag and then close it up and put it away. That mindset of, Oh, I might as well just finish it. Cause then you're not listening to your hunger cues anymore. Um, so, so what tools do you have for people who are maybe feeling the impulse to binge Or maybe they're in that middle ground of like, okay, I've already overeaten and I'm really feeling like I might as well just keep going. What tools do you have? Yeah. So I'm a big believer in getting rid of that urge to binge altogether because, you know, the reason why we binge is because we have that impulse, which is driving us to feel out of control with food and mid binge, like it almost can feel so impossible to, you know, stop or kind of break that pattern when we're so in it. Cause it's like, we're so out of control. Um, so instead we have to, to do is number one, we got to realize that it is going to feel uncomfortable when you feel that urge to binge, it's going to feel like that itchy mosquito bite where you need to give in. And what we need to do instead of trying to think our way out of a binge, which doesn't work because we can tell ourselves, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And our body is like, screw it. I'm going to do this one more time. We have to change our physical state and how we're physically feeling. When we physically feel different, we mentally feel different. We mentally think differently as well. So, um, one of the best ways when you're feeling the impulse to binge is to start moving your body. And I'm not talking about a workout. I mean, that could be the thing that you do, but it can just be getting up, shaking out your body, like shaking out your arms, shaking out your legs, jumping up and down, getting your heart rate up. If you've ever done, you know, a workout, you feel those feel good endorphins and you, your, your mind is clear. You just, you'd feel different. And that can really help to shift you from feeling, you know, a little bit more um, comfortable in comparison to like, oh, this impulse is here and it just feels like I have to give in. So moving your body, jumping up and down, um, shaking is incredibly powerful for you. Um, Another thing is breath work. So I'm a certified breath work facilitator. And when we use our breath, again, it's a powerful way to get out of our busy, chaotic mind and into our body. So um, a powerful breath that you can just use Um, if you're feeling the impulse binge, there's so many, I'll just give you a very basic one here. It's just an exhale through the mouth and you snap your belly in. So it sounds like this 
And you can just do that for, let's say 30 seconds, take a little bit of a break, repeat, you know, two to three cycles. And you're going to start to notice, you're going to feel this different shift in energy in your body, which can help you to get rid of that uncomfortable sensation or that urge to binge. And the more times that we practice feeling the impulse to binge and not giving in the weaker that impulse becomes to, you're going to get to a point where that impulse is no longer even there. And that is what true food freedom is. It's not about managing your binge impulses and, you know, doing well for a week or two weeks. It's about getting rid of that impulse to binge that you can be free from binge eating for good. Yeah. I think people need to stop thinking that it's all about willpower and self-control because it's not while yes, willpower is a muscle and you can train it. It will get tired And to just live your entire life off of willpower just sounds horrendous to me. So yeah, it's all about just just learning how to cope with your emotions, cope with your feelings, um, and react properly to that impulse that you have instead of just relying on willpower. I I love that. I think that's great. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. So what, what, um, I guess like to wrap this up, what are some last maybe tips or words of encouragement that you have for our listeners who are maybe struggling with binge eating, whether they just found out right now that, oh shoot, maybe I have binge eating disorder, or if they've known for a while, like this is a struggle that I'm having a hard time breaking through. Yeah. I think just going back to like what I needed to hear when I was in the midst of my 10 year battle with binge eating, I just needed to hear that I wasn't broken for so long. I felt I am broken. I am crazy around food. There's something wrong with me. This is something that I'm going to have to just live with. This is what I'm going to have to just deal with for the rest of my life. And I just want to give you so much hope and encouragement that you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You are not the exception. There is a way out. I don't care if you've struggled for five years, 10 years, 30, 40, 50, 60. I don't even care how long you've struggled for. You are worth fighting for, and you are worth finding food freedom because it is available to every single one of you. And I think one of the biggest things is just being open, being open about your food and body struggles, which can be really, really challenging. It can take a lot of courage, but, um, reach out for support, you know, reach out to a professional and get some support because that is truly what's going to be a game changer for you in retraining, rewiring your brain so that you don't even feel that urge or that impulse to binge and food freedom is for you. Love that. Love those tips. I think just realizing you don't have to go through this alone is just, it's just amazing. It's so important to, to reach out to others. So where can um, our listeners reach out and connect with you? Yeah, definitely. So come hang out with me on Instagram or TikTok. My Instagram handle is at Lorna underscore binge eating coach. And I also have a a free guide. If you guys are interested, it's a sustainable health project dot com forward slash free guide. And that can give you just some really tangible tips to help you on your way to ending your binge eating. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lorna, for coming on. I I really love all these all these tips and really diving into the binge eating cycle and the different phases that you shared. So thank you so much. I'll make sure to put all your contact stuff in the show notes so our listeners can reach out and connect with you. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. And I hope everyone found this super powerful and go out and apply some of these tools because they can be such a game changer for you guys. That's it for today's episode, you guys. I hope that it was helpful and you learned some new tips and tricks to really help overcome the restrict binge cycle. And remember, like I said at the end of this interview, if you are struggling with binge eating or just any type of disordered eating, you do not have to go through it alone. I myself struggled with binge eating disorder and orthorexia and was just just so miserable because of my unhealthy relationship with food. So if that is you, you do not have to go through it alone. I would love to help you and give you the tools and accountability and the support that you need to really find food freedom, learn how to live without that food guilt, and truly love yourself no matter what size, shape, weight you are because you deserve that. So if you are ready to really ditch the diet, and make a lifestyle change, please reach out to me for one-on-one coaching. You can email me. My email is thisismirandalee at gmail.com or you can DM me on Instagram at thisismirandalee. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure to reach out and connect with Lorna and I will catch you guys next week.